Welcome to the Poema Podcast with Jana Pace. This is a place for you to come just as you are and learn how to live life to the fullest. Each week, we talk about how to navigate real life challenges and everyday struggles. Everybody can use a little encouragement, motivation, and guidance, and that's what I'm here to do. I want you to know and fully understand that you are so loved by our Heavenly Father, that He is with you in all seasons of life, and that you You are his masterpiece. God created you for a unique purpose, and I want to help you live an abundant life regardless of what this life may bring you. So whatever your story is, whatever makes you one of a kind, you are welcome to come learn, rest, and just be yourself here. Let's do this thing called life together, friends. Hey guys, welcome back to the Poema Podcast. I am so excited to have you joining me today. So today we are actually going to be doing something a little bit different than my normal episodes. And I know that we are currently in the middle of this Make Jesus Attractive series, but you guys, I've had something so heavy on my heart lately that I just really feel like I needed to take a break from the series and um, we'll pick back up on it next week. But this week, I actually have decided to bring my dad back on the show. Um, Today, I'm going to have him actually talk with you guys about the inside scoop on COVID and the vaccine and conspiracy theories and, you know, the social distancing protocols and wearing a mask and washing your hands and all of that stuff Um, because I have had so many conversations in the past um, couple of months, honestly, about, you know, people are just so curious about what, what they should be listening to, what they should actually be doing, what protocols they should be taking for themselves. They just don't know who to go to. They don't know who to listen to. And they don't, they just simply don't know how to handle this pandemic. And I am so thankful that my dad is a scientist. He actually has his PhD in biology and he has multiple, multiple friends in the scientific and medical fields. And so I have been able to listen to him and the advice from his friends and get kind of a better insight and a better idea on how to approach different parts of this pandemic. So I'm sorry if this is not the episode that you were expecting, but I just feel like it is one that is extremely needed at the moment. So like I said, we will get back into the Make Jesus Attractive series next week. But for now, here is my interview with my dad, John Pace. Hey dad, welcome back to the Poema Podcast. Hey, Jana. Am I the first person to ever be on here twice? You are the very first person to be on here twice, so it is an honor to have you back. Well, thank you. I'm glad to be back. I have um, had a lot of people really enjoy your episode, and so I knew that I've been wanting to get you back on at some point, but um, I've just really been feeling like I needed to have you back on specifically for this topic, and so I'm just very thankful to uh, have you back. Okay, so the very first thing that I am going to have you do is just give a brief introduction about yourself and kind of what you do and how you have this inside scoop. 
Well, to tell you a little bit about myself, first off, I am not a medical doctor. I am not a physician, so anything that I say that is medical related as far as treatment and things like that is things that I've heard from physicians or that I've read from physicians, so please don't take this as medical advice, Yes. first off. But my background is I have a PhD in quantitative biology where I studied um, uh, DNA and how it changes over time. And then I did a postdoctoral fellowship after that where I studied how human genes interact with viruses. I've got multiple published papers and I read about this all the time. So as far as the molecular biology and the virology goes, I would definitely consider myself an expert and someone who can speak on that. Awesome. I love that so much. Okay, so let's just start at the very beginning here. What is the coronavirus and how does it spread? So the coronavirus is actually a group of viruses that we're pretty familiar with. The, um, the, the one that we know as the coronavirus is actually called SARS-CoV-2, as in SARS coronavirus 2. SARS was a, a, a disease that people got back, I guess, probably in the, the, the 2000s that, that spread around the world. And it, it's still around, but it was um, a respiratory infection that, that I guess it started in the, in the Far East, China area. And this is, a, this is a variant of it. It does many of the same things. When you look at it structurally, it's very pretty similar or very, very simple. Think of a ball with um, RNA in it. Now, think back to high school biology. Yeah. There was DNA and there was RNA and there was proteins and you probably try to forget all that. But it actually has this RNA in it. And then on the outside of the virus, it has these little spikes. They're called spike proteins. When you see the pictures of the, of the virus, you know, on, on the news or whatever, it's always round with these little mm -hmm, things sticking mm -hmm. out of it. Okay, those are the spikes. Those spikes are what actually bind to our cells. Okay. So when they attach to our cells, that allows the virus to inject its RNA into our cells. Our cells then do all this work and make more viruses that eventually mm. fill up the cell and explode the cell and more viruses are everywhere. Wow. Viruses are very tricky. They come in and they hijack a cell. The cell does all the work for them and then ends up killing the cell in the end. It's really it's pretty sneaky. So that's what the coronavirus is. Um, it's not... It, this group of viruses is not new. In fact, uh, one of the viruses that causes the common cold is a type of coronavirus. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. so there's multiple uh, groups of coronaviruses out there, um, and they tend to uh, affect the respiratory system. Wow. Now, how does it spread? Well, there's two main ways that it spreads. The first is through um, saliva droplets, which sounds really gross, but the virus is in the saliva droplets because it's in your respiratory system, mm -hmm. it's in your mucus. Um, and so when you sneeze or when you, um, you know, when you're singing or you yell or something like that, you actually produce these droplets of saliva, which then get out into the air. The virus by itself is never just floating around on its own. Mm -hmm. There's this misconception that, oh, this virus is just coming out of your, you know, out of your mouth or whatever. That's not the case. It's always within saliva. And that's probably what people think when they hear the word airborne, right? That's right. Right. Gotcha. And, and it's really just the saliva droplets are airborne. If you've gotcha. ever seen a sneeze, you know that it's mm -hmm. airborne. Um, and then it can also, you can pick it up that way through inhaling the, the droplets or also off of surfaces, such as the kitchen counter or mm -hmm. something like that. So imagine someone rubs their nose or their mouth or their eyes and they've got the virus and then they touch something. And then right after they touch it, you come along, you touch it as well. You rub your eyes or your nose, pow, you got it. Those are the two main ways that it spreads. Um, the, there are some other ways that it spreads and they're kind of gross, but, okay. um, it can actually spread through wastewater like sewage. Oh, wow. Um, and you know how things get into the sewage system. Right. It can spread that way as well. Wow. And in fact, that's one of the ways they can monitor how big the spread is. So 
Interesting. Um, yeah, yeah, it's very interesting. The The virus doesn't just infect your respiratory system. Mm-hmm. It also affects your um, digestive tract, mm-hmm. um, your intestines, your nervous system, thus the losing your smell and, right. and stuff. Your heart cells, can it can infect a lot of things. And, you know, that's kind of how it spreads. Yeah. yeah. It's very simple. Wow. Yeah. that That is also very interesting. And I just, it just amazes me how the body works and how cells work and viruses and all of that stuff. So here is another really big question that I keep hearing is why does this virus attack people so differently? I know that you have mentioned that it attacks different areas of the body, but why is a healthy male in his thirties, you know, on life support from COVID, but a female in her sixties seems almost immune to catching it, has been exposed several times and can't seem to get it. Explain why it attacks people so differently. I wish I could explain that, but we do not have an answer. Um, there's a reason for that though, that this not having an answer, and I'll, I'll mention this a couple times through here, is that we've only known about this particular virus for less than a year. Yeah. That is a very, very short time as far, short time period in terms of science. Yeah. Very short time. So as, as time continues and as we continue to learn more about it, we may figure out why it affects people so differently, mm-hmm. but we really don't know. I mean, yeah. there's just no, we, we don't know. I wish I could answer that. Yeah. But there are some things that uh, have been determined to be risk factors to make you more susceptible to it or mm-hmm. to make it where you tend to have worse, a worse case. Things like obesity, diabetes, um, respiratory problems like COPD, heart disease. Um, being elderly, mm-hmm. all of those things tend to make it to, to raise the probability of you being very sick. Yeah. But that being said, I know many people who are 40 year old triathletes who can't run anymore because they were super fit, but they got COVID It attacked their heart cells. And now they're, you know, they're, they're really in trouble, yeah. you know, physically. Yeah. So that, that's a big question. Don't know. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's okay. And, you know, I'm hoping that one day we will be able to have that answer. But as yeah. of January 2021, we don't really have that answer yet. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about this. Our masks and sanitizing our hands and washing our hands frequently and social distancing, is that actually helpful? Well, let me ask you a question. If you were around someone who had the flu, mm-hmm. what would you do? Stay away from them. Okay, you'd stay away from them. <laughs> and if you had gone to the bathroom right after they did, what would you do? Uh, I would be like washing my hands and like being like extra cautious about that. Okay, what if someone had the cold? Would you do anything different? Probably, probably wouldn't do anything different. But you, you, you'd do the same yeah. as if they had the flu. Yeah, exactly. Those are the same type processes you or pr- things you need to do with this. It's yeah. really the same. Masks, sanitizing your hands, socially distancing. I, I mentioned these before about how it spread. It spread through droplets. Okay, If you wear a mask, the chance of those droplets getting out of the mask is much smaller than if you don't have a mask on. Mm-hmm. The same for breathing them in. Yeah. Um, does that mean nothing can get out of those masks? No. I mean, nothing's perfect, right? right. The only perfect um, mask that you could have that wouldn't let anything out would be a solid sheet of plastic. Well, it's really hard to breathe through a solid sheet of plastic. Um, as far as sanitizing and hand washing goes, absolutely do that. Because if you've got it on your hands and you can get rid of it, then that keeps you from getting it through your nose or your eyes. Or right. Whatever. 
And then social distancing, again, stay away from people. Um, just like if they had the flu, you would you would stay away from someone. These, these are all just common sense things, yeah. right? But we, we, we didn't have a problem with it for some reason. Right. Somehow it seems like with COVID, all of a sudden putting these these protocols out there for that just seems to be like super invasive almost and mm-hmm. like um, a disruptance to our own personal lives. Right. But you're right. Just like if it was the flu or a cold and you knew somebody had that, you would be, you know, cautious about staying away from them or, you know, washing your hands, you know. So that, I mean, that makes total sense. And there's another thing to consider here, which is very different than the cold and the flu, is that so far the research is showing that somewhere between 40 to 50% of people who have COVID are what's called asymptomatic, mm-hmm. meaning they don't show any symptoms. Yeah. They're not running a fever. They're not having, you know, they're not losing their smell. Nothing like that's right. happening. And so you've got 40 to 50% of the people that are out there, they don't even know they have it. Yeah. And they're spreading it. In fact, new research is showing that people who are asymptomatic can actually spread it better than people who who do show symptoms so it's really strange so you know you may not have any symptoms but you can still be spreading it to people Mm -hmm. so just take these easy precautions these are things that they just seem like common sense common courtesy Mm -hmm. um you know wash your hands sanitize wear a mask don't get close to people and you can you can help stop the spread of it yeah not going to cure it it's not going to stop the spread but it can significantly make a difference yeah absolutely Okay, so I know that you have mentioned that, you know, COVID has been around for a long time. I mean, this this particular coronavirus is, um, you know, new, but that COVID or coronavirus in general is, um, you know, something that we've known about for a long time. But can you tell us specifically where did this COVID come from and how long has it been around? So where did COVID come from and how long has it been around? Well, those are good questions. Where did it come from? We don't really know. um, There's this whole conspiracy theory, and it's truly what it is because there's no science to back it up. But this conspiracy theory that this was invented in a lab in China, and then they released it to destroy the world economy, or I don't know what, what all they say, it's just not true. Lots of virologists and molecular biologists have looked into that. There's no evidence at all. Um, chances are this was in some other animal first and then was transmitted to humans, which sounds kind of weird, but it happens all the time. Think of rabies. Okay. Rabies is a virus. Mm -hmm. If a dog has rabies and it bites you, you have to go get a rabies shot because it can be spread. There's also lots of other examples where viruses jump from one animal to another. And and this is really, um, the most likely way that we ended up getting the, the virus that causes COVID. Um, because we've, we've already seen that, uh, Many different types of monkeys, gorillas, rhesus monkeys, a lot of others can be infected mm-hmm. and show the same symptoms as us. Tigers, minks, um, uh, cats, dogs, all of these can be infected. So we know that an animal could have had it and then passed it to us somewhere along the way through whatever means. So say it was a gorilla somewhere and wherever, they touched their nose or they sneezed or whatever and we picked it up. That's mm-hmm. really all there is to it. That's yeah. how easily it could spread. And so... Um, yeah, that, that's most likely where it came from. That's what's being looked into. And then how long has it been around? The best estimates are that it's been around 40 to 60 years, maybe. Um, maybe, it was, maybe it was around longer in other animals. We don't know for sure, but that's probably the best guess. Has it been in humans that long? Maybe, maybe not. But as far as at the level of contagiousness that it is now, we, we haven't seen that 
previously. So yeah. it, it, it's a new virus as far as, you know, viral evolution goes. Yeah. Okay. So this is just all so fascinating to me. And I know, so you've mentioned this conspiracy theory out there about, you know, it being made in a lab in China and we know that that is not true. However, we do know that China is the epicenter at the moment of the start of COVID. And so can you explain possibly how it started in China or why it started in China or if there's any link to any of that, you know, maybe from like the animals to humans and how that all came about? So there's actually a lot of parts to that question. Okay. <laughs> uh, China, the, the Wuhan area is the the epicenter, really where we, where we kind of first found it. Now, does that mean it was first introduced into humans there? Maybe, maybe not. It could be, it could have been somewhere else um, in, in a different part of the world or a different part of the, of China or whatever. And then someone traveled to that area who mm -hmm. was infected. Mm -hmm. They were in that Wuhan market and Wuhan's a very congested place. Lots of people very close together. And from there it spread. Okay. That's that we, we, we pretty well know that's where it, the, the mass spread started from. Yeah. Did it start in Wuhan? I don't know. Um, did it come from eating an animal that was infected or being around an animal that infected? Probably. Yeah. Um, but why did it start there? That's a good question. If you look back at the, the history of how other coronaviruses have, how their um, spread has happened, there was one called MERS, which started, um, it was actually transmitted from camels to humans. Oh, wow. Um, in a Middle Eastern country and then some other things as well. So I think, I think the conditions were just right there in, in China for that. Lots of people, very close quarters, um, not a lot of sanitation, and it spread. And with our, with our world being like it is now, where I can get on a plane tonight and then in the morning be anywhere in the world pretty much, it's super easy to spread. Yeah. And so that's something we've never had before yeah. as far as viral spread. So that, that, that's kind of the best answer we can, come, we, we can give right now yeah. is that it just that's the conditions were right yeah. there. Could it have happened in Los Angeles or New York? Absolutely. Yeah. The same thing could have happened. Yeah. It just was kind of one of those like wrong places, wrong time type of things. Absolutely. Okay. So let's say that I am a listener of this podcast and I've never had COVID before, or I've just found out that I tested positive for COVID. Can you tell us what is the best treatment option and how do we know if we need to go to the hospital or if this is just something that we can treat at home? Again, I'm not a physician. I'm not a medical doctor. So what I'm telling you is from other medical right. uh, professionals that I've spoken with. So as someone who's had COVID, you and I have both had it, unfortunately. Right. The, the first thing to do is if you have been around someone who, who had COVID... If you were exposed in any way, you need to contact your doctor first. Your doctor is really your primary source of information. Contact your doctor, tell them what happened, go get tested, and then um, and then follow the advice of your doctor. Uh, if, if you're if you're experiencing, I guess you would say more severe symptoms, such as you're running a fever, you're you know having um, digestive problems, you're you know you lose your smell or whatever it might be. Again, contact your doctor. And you can, you can go to the emergency room and the, the physicians there can, can evaluate you and decide whether you go home or not. With this disease and how differently it affects everyone, 
you are better off seeing the doctor and them telling you you're going to be okay, there's nothing to worry about, than waiting, thinking, oh, it's going to pass. Right. Because we don't know that it's going to pass. This isn't really just like the flu where you feel terrible for seven days, but then it goes away. Right. This could be something that affects you for your lifetime. Yeah. So the best treatment option, best treatment option has to come from your doctor. But, but the weird thing is, and this is where it gets really crazy, you know, in speaking with, I've got a very good friend who's a, um, an anesthesiologist and a family member who's a, a pulmonologist, and they deal with this every single day. And there really is no one set treatment for this. There's just not. Some people go in, no problem. Others end up on a ventilator because they can't breathe on their own. Right. Some medicines work on some people. Some medicines don't work on some people. So it's... There, there is no just one course of treatment. It, it's really up to a medical professional yeah. to, to decide that. And they may get it right. They may not. Yeah. Which I know that sounds terrible to say. But again, we've known about this for less than a year. Right. And we're just now figuring out how to treat it. Right. It's getting better. But, I mean, think about this time last April. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it was really bad. We didn't have a clue. Right. But now we've got a lot better treatment. And, you know, that's that's really the thing. Check with, yeah. check with your doctor. Always go to your doctor first. There is... Um, I'll probably get in trouble for saying this, but there is a there is a form of doctor known as someone who got their medical degree from Facebook. <laughs> Facebook doctor. Don't listen to them. Okay. They didn't really get a medical degree. Speak to someone who knows about it. Yeah. Yeah. So. I think that's absolutely great advice. Okay. So say we've had COVID, which we have. All right. So can you explain what antibodies are? And how long are these antibodies going to last after you've had COVID? So antibodies are very interesting molecules that our body creates. So when your body, when something foreign infects your body, a virus, a bacteria, or whatever, your, your body recognizes it as being foreign, and then it makes these molecules called antibodies. The antibodies can then um, uh, attack that virus or that, uh, that, that bacteria, and then they can kill it. And then the the infection goes away, but you still got these antibodies floating around in your blood, which is very cool because the next time your body sees that virus or that bacteria, you've already got these antibodies that say, oh, I know what that is. And it makes a whole bunch more of them and they attack the virus or the the bacteria and it kills it and then you you get well. Mm -hmm. So that's what antibodies are kind of at the... the, uh, the easiest level. Imagine imagine them as guards that are hanging out in your bloodstream and in your body, waiting for something bad to come in that they know yeah. how to kill. They kill it. Now, how long do they last? Well, research is showing now that it's about five to six months is how long they last. Wow. So if you got COVID six months ago um, and you haven't had a vaccine or anything, there's a chance you can get it again. Mm-hmm. These, these antibodies don't last forever. Yeah. And so, you know, so be careful there. And since we're talking about antibodies anyways and how long they last, just because you had COVID once doesn't mean you can't get it again. Right. There are cases of reinfection, but they tend to last, the antibodies last five to six months. You know, you can make more if you're represented with the, the virus, but um, yeah, so five to six months and, and that's your immune system. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So now we are at a point in this pandemic where vaccines are being rolled out Um, You know, we've got three at the moment. We've got a fourth one in the works. And I am curious, what is your take on the vaccine in general? Is it safe? And if so, when should we get it? And which one should we get? Give us your insight on that. For me, we should all get it. 
if I could get it today, I would be in line right now to get it. I'm just not in that right. group yet. Yep, same. The the vaccine is safe. There are three, potentially four versions that are out there. They all do. They all uh, attack the virus or, or provide us with protection in a little bit different way. Um, from what we know so far, they're effective. They're safe, um, as safe as any of these can be. And I don't think there's any reason to not get it. Yeah. You know, again, this is this goes back to conspiracy theory. Mm-hmm. As sad as that sounds, that this virus is going to kill you, or it's going to cause autism in your children, or it's going to do whatever. That's just not the case, especially not at this point. So the um, I say absolutely, the vaccine is safe. Go get it. Every single medical professional that I've talked to, and I'm friends with many, many um, pharmacists, doctors, nurses, take your pick, um, other scientists, they have all gotten it. Mm-hmm. Every single first responder that I know has gotten it yeah. because they they feel that it's safe. If all of our doctors and nurses and paramedics and pharmacists are getting it, th- those are the people we need to listen to. If it wasn't safe, they wouldn't be taking right. it. So um, just remember, it's not going to be 100% effective. Nothing in this world is 100% effective yeah. ever. So, you know, uh, some years we, we get our flu shots. And they're only 30% effective. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people still get the flu. But guess what? We go back next year and we get the next flu shot. And maybe it's 80% effective then. So think about it. The studies are showing now that the vaccines are 90 to 95% effective. Okay, that's not 100%. But if your chances of getting the virus have gone from 100% down to 10%, wouldn't you take that chance? Right. Absolutely. Right. Now, can it cause problems? Yeah, you can get a little bit, you know, you can have some symptoms, maybe your arm hurts or you you know you feel fatigue or whatever for a while maybe you run a little bit of a fever but that's just your body doing what it should building the antibodies Mm -hmm. to that vaccine so that you can stay well there is another part about this where people are saying that it can it can um, since it's rna that it can get into your um uh, into your dna and change your dna that's not the case there's no evidence for that whatsoever um and i spent four years of my life for i don't know how many hours a week studying nothing but uh, how DNA moves around and gets mm-hmm. within your DNA. Mm-hmm. So I'm pretty well an expert on that. So um, that's not going to happen. Uh, and, you know, it, it, you can't get the coronavirus from this in, in uh, a couple of the different vaccines. It's really just the spike protein mm-hmm. that your body builds antibodies to, which that's the one that matters. Right. So you're only getting that, not a full virus. So you can't get sick. You can't yeah. pick up COVID from the virus wow. or from the vaccine. It's wow. just not possible. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay, another question about the vaccine. Yes. Are there microchips in the vaccine? <laughs> well, if you listen to my conspiracy theory podcast, <laughs> I will tell you that Bill Gates himself created all of the microchips in there. Oh, and Mark Zuckerberg, Facebook is in on this too. But no, there's no microchips in there. And, you know, put a microchip. Yeah, put a microchip in your dog so you can find it. But there's we, we no, don't need them as humans. There is no microchip in the vaccine. Okay, awesome. I'm so glad that there's no microchip. But isn't that silly that you hear people say that? You, you do, you but do. but that kind of leads me into my next question, which is. There are so many people out there that are getting information from so many different sources. Like you said, there's people on Facebook who are claiming to be medical professionals and trying to give you all of this advice and scare you with all of these different, uh, quote, facts or whatever. You know, and so I, I, I'm just curious, out of 
all of the sources out there, you know, internet sources, doctors, textbooks, whatever, you know, what sources do we need to be going to to get the factual answers that we need? So there's, there's, there's a couple different places. The first is your doctor. Mm-hmm. That should always be the starting point. And then other medical professionals, nurses, physicians, whatever, they are receiving enormous amounts of training in this mm-hmm. all the time. Every day they're, they're learning more about it. They're being trained on it. Those are the, that's the most trusted source. Mm-hmm. Go to them because um, they're always going to be up to date on, on what's happening. The other one is the CDC, the Center for Disease Control. And I know they've caught a lot of flack. Oh, throughout this last year because they will say something and then they'll come back later and they'll change their mind. Well, it looks like they changed their mind and then mm-hmm. they may change back or whatever. And people say, well, you can't trust them. Well, that's not really the case. This is science. You, The way science works is you you start with a hypothesis, okay? And then you, you test it and then it was either correct or it wasn't correct. And then maybe you move on to the next one. You learn things as you go. So, you know, there was a wear a mask, don't wear a mask. Wear a mask, don't wear a mask. And it's kind of gone back and forth. But these are the people that have spent their entire lives studying this thing, right. okay? Or studying these type right. things. This thing's only been around a year. So the information is going to evolve. It's going to change. Mm-hmm. The CDC is really the most up-to-date place. And this is where we should be getting our, our, our information from. This is where our doctors are getting their information from. If it changes over time, that's okay. All right? Whatever they know currently, that's what they're going to tell you. Yeah. So doctors, the CDC, um, those are, those are the best places to go. Be real careful on the internet because a lot of people claim to know a whole lot of stuff and a lot of people really don't know anything, but they claim to know it. Yeah. So um, just, just, just be very careful. Just because your friends said they read something on somebody's blog or something doesn't necessarily mean it's true. Look at the credentials behind the person who's talking about it. Um, and then as far as news goes, from what I've seen so far, local news tends to be pretty good as far as being unbiased. Like they'll just present the facts as mm-hmm. they see them. Mm-hmm. There doesn't seem to be as much of a like a political agenda or whatever. Some of the national news stations, say CNN or Fox News or something like that, they tend to have a slant. You kind of got to watch those. Yeah. I found that um, NPR, National Public Radio, tends to be pretty well in just presenting the facts. Not always, but they do a really good job. I think if I'm going to a news source, that's where I'm going. Yeah. Um, and if you really want to get serious about it, read the scientific literature, um, read nature and science and, you know, immunology and virology journals and all of those things. They're really dense reading and not everybody wants to read them. But if you're, any of your listeners want more information on that, uh, they can send you a comment or whatever and yeah. I can communicate back and forth with them. But yeah, yeah there, you're right. There's a lot of voices out there. And unfortunately, this whole thing has become very politicized. Mm-hmm. And the voices that you're hearing are from people who don't have a clue what they're talking about, but there's a political agenda. Yeah. And it makes me really sad yeah. because we don't have that same political agenda with the flu or the cold or anything. It's just been with this one. And it's really, it's really, um, it really hurts my heart to know that, that it's turned that way. We've got 5,000 people a day dying, roughly yeah. 5,000 people a day dying of this, but yet we're making it political. Yeah. Don't trust political sources. I guess that's what yeah. I'm trying to say. Yeah. Um, doctors, 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 medical professionals, they're the ones to get your information from. Yeah. And if you do that, you're going to be okay. Yeah. If it changes over time, that's okay. But, um, yeah. 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 So. Yeah. That's that's all very, very helpful information. 
Okay, so my last question for you, which I have heard this every single day, multiple times a day, and I'm sure you have heard this exact same question too, multiple times a day. When will this pandemic end? Will it ever end? Or is this just our new normal? So there's multiple parts to that as well. This will end. Um, there have been lots of pandemics over time or throughout history. We had one back in 1918 with the flu that mm -hmm. killed millions of people, I believe. Um, lots and lots of people died from it. We had the Black Plague. We had um, bubonic plague. We've had all these things that have affected us in this world. And we always get past them. Pandemics are not new. This isn't the first. This won't be the last. Now, when will it end? Really, that depends on our behavior more than anything. Science is doing its part. Um, medicine is doing its part to create vaccines and to learn better treatments and things. But we as human beings, as decent human beings, have to do our part. Yeah. We can really control to a large extent, how many people are gonna get sick mm -hmm. or not get sick um, by our behavior, by following these three simple things, wash your hands, wear a mask, social distance. That's not that complicated. Yeah. You don't have to be a rocket scientist or a medical doctor to, to do that. But as long as we continue to not do those things, it's gonna to continue to get worse. We've yeah. seen this. I mean, we see these spikes and they can always be tracked back to that. Yeah. Um, if we want it to go away, we have to make a concerted effort as a people to, to do the right thing and, um, uh, and, and follow, the, follow the very simple guidelines. So there will be an end to it. When it happens is up to us. We can't, we can't really count on the vaccine to fix it because not everyone's gonna get vaccinated for right. one. Um, but for two, it's, it's, um, it, it really comes down to, to what we're gonna do. Right. I, I mean, I think we have a responsibility as, as Christians and as um, just as human beings in general, to love other people, to treat them the way we'd want to be treated. And in my opinion, doing the things that we know can keep other people safe is the right thing to do. Yeah. It, just, it just comes down to that. Yeah. It's just the I right agree. thing to do. I agree. Right? I agree 1,000 million percent on that. And I will tell you, and I'm sure you have felt this way too, but I have struggled so much this past year with wanting to be able to have those big gatherings and be able to hang out with your your loved ones or your friends or you know just be able to do basic everyday things again without COVID and it is so hard to humble yourself and to put others ahead and think of others and you know take these really small actions to um you know wash our hands to wear a mask to stay away from people but you're totally right the more people that put in the effort and the more people that are willing to do these very small actions the quicker this thing is going to be over and the quicker that we're going to be able to get back to doing what we love to do and spending time with those we love so yeah yeah okay dad well do you have any final advice or nuggets of wisdom for the listeners today the the main advice i can tell you is um what we've been hearing all along wear a mask wash your hands um social distance we hate those things masks yeah. are masks are annoying i'm yep. not gonna lie i hate wearing them but i wear them 
um, you know, buy one that's kind of funny or whatever. Just, yeah. you know, do something. It, just wear it. Be a good example. Yeah. Um, social distance. You know, your, your, your mom had a big birthday this year. And it was one we really wanted to celebrate as mm-hmm. a family. But because of all this, we did a drive-through. Yeah. You know, where people drove by and, right. and, and yelled happy birthday or whatever. Not at all how we wanted to spend it. But that's, that's what we did. Yeah. So final piece of advice. If we want this to end quickly, we have to do our part. Yeah. It, it, that's, that's how it is. We, we have to do our part. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, trust the people you should trust. The, the people that have the knowledge about it. And if you don't really know something, don't go spreading it around. Yeah. You know, ask someone who does know before you yeah. spout it off on Facebook or Instagram or whatever. Yeah. Again, I'll, I'll say this, and this is the part that bothers me more than anything, is we've got, just in the United States, we have almost 5,000 people a day. 5,000 people a day that are dying because of this. Yeah. Our town has like 7,500 or 8,000 people. Every two days, our entire city's population is wiped out. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. Because of this virus. And it, it's heartbreaking. Right. We can stop this. So right. let's do it. All of your listeners, please do what we tell you or what we've what they're telling you. Yeah. Um, and, and we can make a difference. Yeah. It, it starts small, but it, it it gets big. Yeah. And I just want to add that, you know, you may be thinking, oh, I'm just one person. My, my, my one time that I don't wear a mask in the store or whatever isn't going to make that big of a difference. But I can guarantee you that it does make a massive difference because you don't know if you've possibly got it and you're spreading it around or, you know, you could be catching it yourself and, you know, end up really, really sick over this. So, um, I just, I just hope that, um, from this episode, everybody is able to listen to what you're, you know, being able to say in the, uh, take the input that you've given all of us and maybe just have a new perspective on this whole pandemic and COVID and protocols and everything. And, um, I just, uh, I hope that anybody that's listening out there that has had a lot of questions has gotten some really great questions, um, answered for you today. And if you didn't get any, any questions answered, that you were hoping to get answered from this episode, please, 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 please feel free to send in your questions via the connect page on my website, thepoemapodcast.com. And I, I and my dad will do our very best to answer those questions for you because we know that there's a lot out there. But like my dad said, go to your doctor's go to the CDC website and ask your, you know, trusted physicians. Don't go to Facebook looking for answers. Don't go to The Onion and look for answers. I love The Onion. (laughs) If you don't know what The Onion is, it's a fake news site. That's what we're referring to. But go to the people that, you know, are in the medical field and also the, the CDC's website. So we can all do this and, um, one day COVID will be over and we'll be back to normal. One thing I want to add is that COVID is never going to go away. Yeah. We can we can stop this pandemic, but right. it's like the flu. It's here right. from, from here on out. Yeah. But we'll learn to live with it. We'll get a vaccine every year. We'll yep. get a shot. It'll be no big deal. It'll just be something we live with. Yeah. But we can stop this pandemic part of it yeah. if we try. Absolutely. So, sorry right. to throw that in at the end. No, that's totally fine. Well, Dad, thank you seriously from the bottom of my heart for coming on this episode. I know the circumstances were a little bit different this time around, but I really appreciate your input and am thankful 
that you've got kind of this inside scoop on all of this. So yeah, thank you for coming on. Well, thank you. You only bring me on for the hard topics. You need to come <laughs> in and talk about money and budgeting and now a pandemic. So who knows what's next? What do you want to talk about next? Something lighthearted like, you know, the onion or something. <laughs> okay, well, we'll see what we can do in the future. But um, all right, we are going to go. That is it for this episode. Thank you guys so much for listening. Again, if you have any questions regarding COVID in general, um, feel free to send those in and we will see if we can get your questions answered. Have a great week, everyone. Next week, we will be starting back up the Make Jesus Attractive series with James chapter three. So I hope you all have a fantastic week and I will talk to you guys next Wednesday.